Welcome back to the Charlie Music Podcast. My name is Kyle. This is episode 33. We're going to talk about chapter 18, measure 18. I did it without stumbling. I'm a good boy. I got CJ here <laughs> to discuss this chapter that I remembered for once. Um, I was kind of hoping to see how long you were to talk to yourself for. <laughs> I'm a good boy. Yes, you are. You're a very good boy. I'm so glad you're a good boy. <laughs> Good What's job. Really Pat yourself in the back. So, <laughs> so as a joke, so one of the running jokes I have with this guy at work with, uh, uh, his name is Chad, and one of the things that we do is we have to move um, files from one computer to another computer, and everyone always does it late, and I'm giving the presentation tomorrow, so I texted him today. I was like, hey, Chad, here's the files for tomorrow. Actually, I said, hey, Chad and Kyle, here are the files for tomorrow morning. I'm probably going to change it four times before then, and you'll probably get the files about three minutes before we start. And I hit send, and I, I replied immediately. I said, Kyle, you're a jerk. Chad, by the way, I'll put the files on the computer. <laughs> and Chad walks in and goes, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had a, converse, a full-on email conversation with myself today. That's good. So, uh, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I, I For the longest time, I thought it was Thursday. Like, Monday okay. I thought it was Thursday. Tuesday I thought it was Thursday. <laughs> Wednesday I thought it was Thursday. And I'm just like, oh, it's not Thursday yet. It's been yeah. a long week. I thought it's yesterday was Wednesday. Oh, it was, uh, was Thursday as well. Yeah. It's no, been... I thought yesterday was Wednesday. It's but so Wednesday. weird. Like, lately it's just the days have been blending. Last year wasn't so much. This year it's just feel like the days are just blending mm-hmm. in with each other. Yep. And I'm off on Friday for Veterans Day, so it's like it's it's really weird. Yep. And I was so busy this past weekend, I didn't have a chance to make my normal lunch for the week, so I made the lunch on Monday. So it felt like a Sunday, and it was like, but then I was like, my meals are a day off, and it's like I don't, I have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> but and I, so. I agree with you though, because like we're off too, and I'm sitting here going like, it's it's weird because also for us, um, I don't know how it works over by you but the schools are closed for the students on election day right so even for me because of that a lot of these teachers a lot of the people i talk to are all in training sessions or their superintendents day so it's like even though it was busy in the building it wasn't busy for the day i was able to like sit at my desk and do work but right it was weird because it's just it's quiet but it's not quiet Mm -hmm. you know so a lot of oxymorons. You got the moron part right. Yeah, no, I know. It's like, you know, so. So I'd it? ask you what you're listening to, but I'm sure it's the book still. Yeah, I'm still listening to the audio book. Um, okay. And it, it's it's just really well written. It breaks the fourth wall, like, mm-hmm. so often. I And I thought at first it was written specifically for audiobook purposes. Like, it's written to be read. But I mean, it's like... I found out that, that you could buy the series, like you can buy the series of books. Mm-hmm. So that I so I think it was a series before it was kind of it was read out, and um, gotcha because it's like sixteen books. I'm like, all right, I could understand maybe they write it. So when were they written? Now you're asking me questions I don't have answers to. So yeah. I, I'm just wondering if the audiobooks came significantly after the book. No, because I, audiobooks I, really didn't get big until fairly recently. And if it's right. a 16-book series, it's probably, what, late 2000s, maybe? Early 2000s? I don't think it's that far back. Like, I think... Oh, so they're churning them out pretty quickly? Yeah. He's, he, okay. Well, my th- my thought process is, based upon how, it, how it's read and how the books go, mm-hmm. he probably just wrote. And then, right. like, everything and then got to the point it, where he was like, staggered. okay, this is one book, I'm done. Because mm-hmm. the way the book's end and go into the next like they end where you have to go to the next to find out what's going on like it's not like one of those cliffhangers where you're like okay cool i can move forward but like for example this series is 16 books Mm -hmm. right and the first one was written back when did it come out Uh, i'm trying to see if they said it took me to amazon so we'll see what it is um 2016 
Okay. So maybe it was just written as one giant long story. That's what I'm went, wondering. I'm going to yeah. break it up here, break it up here, break it up here. Right. Okay. And the guy that reads it, uh, Ray something, I forget what his name is, uh, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like his character voices are so well done and so put together. I have a strange feeling that it's only 16 books in the series, but like there's that same, like the title is Expeditionary Force. And it starts with a book one, but then like he splits off and he has like a section now. It's Expeditionary Force Mavericks book one. So it's, you know, it's a very, um, it's, it's a space opera is essentially gotcha. what he's, he's writing. So, and I just, okay. I, I think it's well written. I think it's fun to listen to. I think the guy just, you know, and whatever it is, he, he does a good job with it. So hmm. RC Ray. Yep. Gotcha. When podium, yeah, it's it's narrate, yeah, it and won an audio uh, audio award, I guess it's called. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's cool. Very cool. But I got put together a playlist. I have a seven-hour road trip next Friday, not this Friday, the seventeenth. So I'll probably put together a playlist. I'll have a combination of like I'll listen to some audiobook, I'll listen to some music. So, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. What about yourself? So I don't know if I mentioned last week. Did I mention the Jordan Rudis video that I was watching? I think so. Okay. I don't remember if I did. I will put it in the in the show notes again if I did. Yeah. No, I'll put it in there anyway. Anyway, so Jordan Rudis is the, the keyboard player for Dream Theater, and I've yes. been a big Jordan yes. Rudis fan for a long time. And he play, I know he played the, the video. It was the week before. I don't even... Again... Days are blending together. So um, he listened to Empire State of Mind by Alicia Keys yes. and Jay-Z for the first time. Is that the video you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did So play. that has gotten me on a Jordan Rudis and Dream Theater kick. So I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Rudis and Dream Theater. Um, and I've never listened to this album before. This is from 2011. Um, it's called A Dramatic Turn of Events. Uh, is this the button? I forget. Is this Dream Theater? Or is this Jordan? this is Dream Theater? This yeah, is Dream Theater, right? Um, and I like so I I listen to a lot of Dream Theater. Like this is not my f- my my go to album is the Awake album from '94. That's a great. album. I listen to like all their stuff, huh? That's a great album, Awake. I love that album yeah. so much. Um, but this one kind of struck me today. I was listening to it, and it's I, I really enjoy it. This is the second track called "Build Me Up, Break Me Down." I haven't gotten through the whole album yet. It's a it's a two, it's a two disc album. I think it's an hour and twenty minutes long. But like their stuff is just it's so good, um, and it's it's the sort of stuff like it. I'm not a Pink Floyd fan, you know, but it's it's one of those things that it's like it's a full story. Like this whole right. album, like you have to you really have to take it in. And and the cool thing about the the, the Dream Theater stuff is like I'm now paying more attention to lyrics which i've you know i've mentioned before like i'm not really a lyric guy like i don't 
typically draw, but like now I'm starting to listen to the lyrics and, and you know, hear what's going on. Um, but I want to play a little bit of um, my favorite album, uh, Awake. Uh, this is a little bit of a, a, the second track again. I just lost called, your audio. You lost my audio. Oh. Sorry, I hit the mute button with my. No, finger. no, that's okay. I just I want to make sure your audio is good on your end. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm still good. I just that touch screen on the on the stream deck. I always grab it every once in a while. Uh, so anyway, this is the second track off of uh, my favorite uh, Dream Theater album called uh, "Caught in a Web." This is off of the Awake album. just because it's just it's a great you know we talk about yin and yang all the time um this is like the opposite you know that was a very very heavy tune they do a i guess it's a suite i mean it's called a mind beside itself and it's got three movements erotomania voices and then this is the final movement of that suite called the silent man um very different feel I had never like, I've never really watched them play live until today. Um, I had a couple minutes just to grab one of their live performances, and I didn't realize that like, at least what the 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 video that I saw, that acoustic sound. Petrucci plays it on a, a regular electric like guitar. Like I assumed it was a you know an acoustic, and I went, whoa, he's getting that sound out of an of an electric. It's like they're they, it's, they're very. Like when you start seeing what they do, you're just kind of like, oh mm-hmm. wow, they're yeah. very talented musicians. They really are, and and not just in the musician sense, but in like the electronic sense and how they use oh, yeah. the electronics. And and you yep. would not think that they would be using like it's just it's they do a very. I mean, they really make it a theatrical piece. I yep. mean, their name is very good for them. Dream Theater mm-hmm. fits them very yep. well. Yeah, yep, it sure does. So. um for for me, my favorite uh, album is is Awake. It was the first one I ever heard from 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 Dream Theater. Uh, our friend James turned me on to it when we were in college, and 
that like like when I need to get stuff done, like that's the album I go to, like hands down. Is that the one that has um? I can't think of the. Hold on a second. Um, I'm gonna bring it up okay. on Apple Music for a moment. Not sponsored. And hash brown, not sponsored. Did you say hash brown? I did. <laughs> Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> what? Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's right. Hash brown. When she was learning the technology, she called it a hash brown. Yes. Awake. Okay. So I know I've listened to Awake. I just couldn't remember. The the one that um, Images and Words, which is the one that came out prior to that one, mm-hmm. has the Metropolis Part 1, the Miracle and the Sleeper. Gotcha. And that's mm-hmm. where you have that album, Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory. Gotcha. I kind of want to listen to their albums in order. You know, I do too. Because if you think about it, we talked about this about Victor Wooten, and I know that because we're going to hop into his book. Mm -hmm. If you listen to his music from his first album to his current album, it it tells a an overarching story in a sense. Yep. And it and his his music, I don't want to say changes, but the depth of it is different as it goes from album to album. It's like it's like he's Mm -hmm. maturing through life. His philosophy is getting better. Mm And I'm curious in how these stories connect because if you look at it in a time frame, Images of Words, which has that song on it, part two is not until 1999. Mm-hmm. But like the album before that is called Lost Not Forgotten, the making of Scenes from Memory, the sessions. So Scenes from a Memory, it, like there's a ton of stuff in there. Yeah. So it's very interesting to kind of like, I'm curious of what, what it is. I wonder if there's a story that overarcs. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I, I want to go through. You would, you'd have to also go through the albums to see if, like, like how there's titles if they kind of match. Yeah, yeah. This could and take I, forever, though. <laughs> I, oh yeah, and that's that's the problem. There's there's so much stuff, and then they started releasing like like live unreleased stuff, and like, like the catalog is huge, and it's just it's overwhelming the amount of stuff they have. Oh, live um, in London from 2020. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I forget what's what's that series called of there. Which one? Uh, Lost, not forgotten archives is is they would come up with a ton of those. Right, and that um, starts, but that starts in 1985. Right. Then it, then there's another one in 1991. Then there's mm-hmm. another one in 1994, 97, 97, 99. But then there's scenes from memory after that. And mm-hmm. then in 2003, they come back to Lost But Not Forgotten Archives, Train of yep. Thought. But everything has to do with a dream. Everything has to do with a thought. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. It's curious. But like yep. you look at the albums, like how one album is an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if, if you figure an hour for each one of these albums and they have one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, I can, I can actually tell you really quickly. Hang on here. You can, can tell them how many... I can put all of, so they have 45 albums according to this. 45. Um, okay, so you've you're seen so, more than I am. Oh, I thought I could do this. I thought there was a way to add all of them into my queue. In one shot. I think I can. Hang on. No, I can't. Uh I, I could do it by hand, but I mean I, I'm I've got, like I said, there's 45 albums, and if they're Averaging an hour and twenty minutes or so—that's that's at least a hundred hours of music. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. That being said, let's let's swing into Victor Wooten's book. Before we get to no! just one more thing, <laughs> <I'm> just, sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. Because I want I want to mention this because like we, we we talk about their their like full catalog. I I brought this up in season one because Nick turned me on to Coheed and Cambria. Yes. Back in 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 season one, and. To me, Coheed and Cambria sounds like the teenage version of Dream Theater. Yes, I understand that because you know, I because I listen to them a little like bit. A younger version of Dream Theater. Yeah, um, but their stuff is really good too. And if you like, that's another group that you really have to get into the lyrics because like each one is like a sci-fi story. There's like each album. There's a um, what do they call it? I I know we don't use the 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 name genre, but there's actually mm-hmm. um. I forget what it's called. I'll, if I can find it, there's like a name to it. 
um, to what for their stuff. Yeah, like you know how Polyphia, yep, is is like math rock. Yeah. Okay. There is there's actually there's actually a term that explains what type of music it is. It's like fantasy rock or something rock. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe. Um, I thought maybe Rune would tell me because it usually does have that kind of stuff. They just they have them listed as alternative indie rock, heavy metal, neo prog, pop rock, and progressive metal as their tags. That doesn't help. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help one bit. Nope. All right. Now let's get to our book. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Before you get to the book, Robert Shaw. Shaw. What about him? So I, I follow somebody who is, uh, I guess, in the UK. And uh-huh. um, <laughs> I followed them because the name of the thing was Tenacious D. And okay. I didn't think about it at first. And then I realized that's just her handle. It's not actually Tenacious D. But she apparently she's a psychologist or something in the UK, but all she posts is about music. Mm-hmm. But it's like a wide range of everything from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and all that good stuff. So it's actually very interesting. So she was she posted something she was listening to. So I said, check out Robert Shaw. Ryan Shaw. Ryan Shaw. I'm sorry. I did say Ryan Shaw because I checked myself. I said, check out Ryan Shaw. And I don't know if she did or not, but it got a lot of responses. <laughs> oh, nice. So I'm like, cool. This is... <laughs> <laughs> all right on to but just one book. more thing no, <laughs> listen tim cook tim apple uh, all right M- so measure 18 m pulse yep good you no summarize is sometimes the best method you can summarize okay because you know it so well. Sure, I do. <laughs> do you? Um, I I think so. I think it'll be all right. I mean, I could um, if you want. No, it's okay. The so the what's interesting for me is the first line is what hit me first. Um, and so if you remember last uh, last episode, we we're talking about the previous chapter where um, where Victor was essentially yelled at for not listening, and then um, you know congratulated for not listening and passing the test. Um, but th- this chapter opens with that was the first time I'd ever been rewarded for not listening. And that struck me as, cause like, like all we talk about here on the podcast, it seems is how important listening is. So I started thinking about like, when is it important to not listen? Is there a time that we shouldn't be listening? Wait, are you saying something? <laughs> It's, but to what capacity though? Well, I, the, the, I mean, you can take it a lot of different ways, right? Um, for me, I don't listen to social media. So you're that being ta- said, I found this hat on social media. So maybe <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, but you, I, I mean, I get what you're saying because it, it's it's one of those things where. There's the irony of social media, where if you go on social media and you try to be social and you look mm-hmm. at what people are doing, and then they're sharing the news and they're sharing this and they're sharing that, and because you don't know where this stuff is coming from, you don't know what's true, what's not true, what's falsified, mm-hmm. what's this, what's that, so you don't want to listen to that. Right. So I get that, but it's really mm-hmm. funny where you have people that post and they're just like, "Here's the post, but don't listen to social media." Mm-hmm. Like, go get your news from somewhere else. Right, and I'm sitting right. here going, do you don't see the irony in your post? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I don't, you know, I'll click on articles that are on X or whatever. But I take it with a grain of salt unless I know the platform that it's coming from. Meaning uh, like the, the news. The, the poster. The, the yeah, poster. Yeah, the not, poster not, the, yeah, yeah. not the social. Media. But yes, yeah. I yes, I could see that. You don't listen to what's going on on, on social media. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say for me, like, like even when I do know the the source, I think source is a better word than platform. So even when I do know the source, like I still don't necessarily trust it. I, I agree. Because there's a lot of times that, that they were they report stuff and it turns out to be wrong. You know, right? It's almost it's almost too quick to the punch. Right, and I, I think that that's so. Go, going back to 
Wow, we're really going on a tangent in this one. Um, going back to that uh, manhunt that I, I was following so closely, you know, yes. part of it, you know, like all of these people that were like live streaming it, like all they wanted was to be the first person with information. Like it was, right. it was just like for clout. And I was like, but that's not the point. Like it's, it's not just being the first with information. It's like, is your information correct? And, that's, and the amount that's, of stuff that came the, out that was wrong right. wasn't helpful. That's the problem with social media. And it's it's funny. If you watch, there's a show called The Boys on Amazon. Yes. And yes. I, have you watched that show? I've, I've, I, I'm finished with season one. I'm about to start season two. And then they have a s- series called Gen V, which is a right. group of college students. And in mm-hmm. one of the episodes, they're, you know... They're, they're mourning the loss of somebody. I'm not going to get into it. But there's a scene where they're at the memorial and one of the super, one of the people that have superpowers has their arms stretched out on social media going, I can't believe this happened, crying. She stretches her arm back and she's like, okay, I got to post this. Like it's just so fake. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why she's doing it is because it gets her numbers to be higher. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's exactly what that is. It's exactly what mm-hmm. it's talking to. Like, there's a whole article about how they say they're just no holes barred because they don't care. Like right. when they write this show, and I think that's okay because we are in a situation where they're gonna. It's that these people are looking for 15 minutes of fame, and they'll, and mm-hmm. they're thinking, well, if I post this on social media, that possibly could happen. Yep. You know, I and love. I think going. You got. No, go ahead, finish up. I love the post where people post something and they're like, blah, 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 blah. And then it blows up and they're like, I didn't expect this post to blow up. Please check out my mm-hmm. website. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, like, like it, it goes, the other side of it too is, um, I mean, it's a similar side, but like going back to Hannah Wicklin's song, Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces, how much of social media is fake? You know? Um, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of following some of the social media accounts, um, because they're funny, but they portray this, this life of perfection a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, and so much of what we do as human beings, and it actually mentions in the, in the chapter, we'll get to it, um, how we yearn for what we don't have and that's right. what drives us. Right. So. Right, and then there's false. Hope. I do remember that part of the chapter. <laughs> there's false hope. I might not remember up. what happened. I remember <laughs> underlining that. So, I just held the book upside down. Um, so after that, Victor thinks about everything, and he's like, "Where do I go from here?" Because essentially, mm-hmm. like, I graduated from from work with Michael and everybody. Um, and this is when Michael starts to explain, yeah, what's happening, yeah, um. So he starts to explain more about the phasers and what they've been doing. And at one point he says that, that they're essentially depleting the musical ozone. I was um, actually, that is, was something I highlighted. Yeah, go for it and read I'll, it. I'll read that, I, yeah. The, he says the musical ozone is being depleted around the world. But starting with this dear city, we will nourish the atmosphere much in the same way trees replenish the air with oxygen. Tonight is when we bring it all together. Tonight we must bring it all together and he goes on to say and i have a feeling we're going to be reading a little bit more out of this chapter but he goes on to say um the next few pages is, is a lot of this music's pulse and i think it's interesting because i don't know if you see it in the um in the kindle but the word music we all know has been capitalized but the m is mm-hmm. pl- plural i mean the m is uh, not plural the m is bold Mm-hmm. And the word pulse is bold. Impulse, mm. because of the title of the chapter. Music's pulse has begun to weaken. Life will change if she can no longer take physical form. We cannot allow that to happen. We are part of a long lineage of people chosen to continue this age-old battle. Your religious and fables, your religions and fables have hinted at it since the invention of the written word. So it's it's like a constant battle with keeping music alive but like what real music is Mm -hmm. you know right we have a lot of business generated music Mm -hmm. 
basically do. I mean, even back in the day, classical music, all that was all commissioned music because this king mm-hmm. wanted something to sound good. This person wanted something yep. to sound like it's 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 not just yeah, all now. the coronation anthems and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not just now. But then you go to like I mean, even even monks for how many centuries you have monks chanting and now like what there was a time period where there was constant albums coming out. Monks mm-hmm. chanting, chanting monk, blah, 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 blah. You know, yep. it's just you, and it's. It's just a way for people to make money off of this music. You know, even tribal stuff now, people go to tribes, mm-hmm. they listen into the music, and they take that stuff. And even though those tribes don't want to be recorded because they don't believe in right. the electronics, they still take that music back mm-hmm. and they make a recording and they sell it. Yep. And there's like that, it's just, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. And he brings in his words and tones. Yeah. Yeah, and then he starts playing around with the words again. Um, and this, like I, I mentioned, when we first started this book, like in every chapter, there is um, an, the name of a song or an album in every single chapter. There are a lot in this one. So right. Words and Tones is, you know, one of his uh, albums. Um, and he talks about the sword and the stone on the next page. And um, so for those that don't know the story about King Arthur, and he pulled the sword out of the stone. Um, and he made an interesting comparison for those who choose to see the message is clear. Art is king. So in other words, it's essentially about music, even though it's a different story. Like young Arthur, who had been protected and, and tutored by Merlin, a magician or maybe musician. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting how all of these little things, you know, kind of start flowing together. And then on the next page, um, this is this is the one. Or he says, uh, over the years, phasers have been very successful in the fields of education and religion. Music is the last stronghold. We cannot afford to lose her. I mean, you know, thinking about how, how much the world has changed, and we've, we've talked about how the world has changed, you know, over our lifetime. And, you know, I feel old talking about it. And, you know, because I remember, you know, listening to my teachers talk about it, how things have changed. And, you know, I don't know. That, I mean, as much as like technology is great and awesome and stuff, I don't know that technology is making us any better. I don't think it's making us better. Yes, I think it helps with the communications and stuff like that. But I think as everything else, especially in our country, it's become a money maker. Right. Like, I don't think it's been used in the way that it could potentially be used. I mean, think about it. We're sitting here right now in front of microphones, in front of our computers, mm-hmm. virtually doing this. On that yep. end of it, that's very cool because mm-hmm. it allows this communication and you're uh, you're not on that time. You're not an hour behind, right? No. No, okay. You're not on that time zone. I can't remember. So like it allows the communication. You're flight 12 hour, uh, two hours away. By car, you're 12 hours away. But we can still do this. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But then there's all that other stuff that's sold. It's like the TikTok, the Instagrams, the right. Facebook it's all this stuff and i'm not like again not putting social media down but it's just how this whole thing got, uh, it comes about and it's really interesting um now i can't remember off whatever there was something that happened that i read about and it'll come to me but uh yeah no it's true it's just mm-hmm. you know it, and it's interesting because we, we were talking about the audio the audiobook like the way it's written, it's written kind of like this time period. So when he wrote it in 2016, it was written around that 2016 mark. Yep. And then, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was on on Twitter, ironically, or X as they call it, and following one of our uh, one of the paranormal uh, uh, hunters, uh, ghost hunters, Chris Williams. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's a she's a conservative person, which is fine. She doesn't throw it in your face. She just she admits that she is. But she was making a point about EVs. And I was like, I was like, I was, I was curious what she had to say. There's this whole big thing that they're trying to do to put disengaging systems in the EV that can be controlled by other people. And she said this was one of the concerns she had when electric vehicles came out that they're going to use it to control us. And I'm thinking, I'm like, that's very interesting because that is true. If they allow mm-hmm. this, it's like the whole AI thing. Like if they allow it to, what, uh, there was, um, it was a distillery or I think it was an, it was, an, it was a, co- a company that makes alcoholic beverage. They just, um, 
appointed an a an a artificial intelligence and CEO. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that, yeah. but uh, um, it's a it's it's a female AI uh, CEO AI CEO. I'm gonna search it real quick, see if I can remember. Yes, Mika or Micah becomes world's first AI human-like robot CEO um, of a Colombian rum company, a dictator. Uh, and it's in conjunction with um, an AI company that makes them to to try this out. And apparently, she learns on the fly. It's it's mm-hmm. a learning AI. It's a this and that. And I'm sitting here going, "That's scary." Yeah, it's like we've seen all of these movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, we sure have. You know, and and I feel like this book, if everybody was to read it, would reground everybody. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that we went off topic. Yep. That's okay. And then we get into the into Michael's coincidences because the, I'm just going to read most of this because there's so there there are a lot of really cool things that really make you think. So he says in musical theory, the two notes that define a chord are the third and the seventh. So we've talked a little bit about that. Um, the third of the chord can make it major or minor. The seventh of the chord typically leads you to the root chord, the dominant the dominant chord. So like in the key of C, for example, if you have a G7 chord, it takes you to the key of C. So, um, so the first two digits of every zip code in Tennessee are also three and seven. Think about it. Each zip code can be, can be viewed as a dominant chord because there's a third and a seventh. Um, the whole state may be trying to lead us back to the one. Of course it can, but is in cooperation. A coincidence is a co-incident, a correlation, and, and a collaboration. It is also a coincidence that there are 12 months in a year, and this is, I like this one. Yes. There are 12 months in a year and 12 notes in our music system. It's a little bit different in Western music, but in, in Eastern music, rather. Um, but our, our music, it's um, you know 12, 12 notes in our scale. Um, and there are seven days in a week and there are seven notes in a major scale. A major scale contains five whole steps and two half steps. The major part of our week has five work days, leaving two week, two days that make up the weekend. Although there is nothing weak about it. I could also say that your five day work week is equal to a five note pentatonic scale, but you would, but that would just be another coincidence, right? And he doesn't stop there. He just continues. A soprano is a super analog. And alto means to alter. So the interesting part about that is when you're singing about choral music, which is where you have sopranos and altos, typically the alto is the one that's singing the chord. They are the ones that are able to alter the chord, make it major or minor. So again, weird coincidence. And they're just altos, so they're weird. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To be spiritual means to be the spirit reality, as well as in the ritual of the spiral. Your acoustic is nothing more than a chaos stick, and it is also a coincidence that your first bass was Univox. So if you remember back in, in the first book um, when Michael, when Victor was talking about his Univox bass, that's the bass that Michael's talking about. Univox, one voice, not to be confused with the universe. You can blow up the world with an atomic bomb, or you can heal the world with an atonic bomb. To blast the world with love, our choice is a Cupid bomb. Another Victor Wooten song. One of my favorite Victor Wooten songs. We've played it, it on the stream yeah. many times. That, my friend, is called music. And then he goes on more. There's much more. Much of your musical terminology comes from Greece. It is, is it a coincidence that Greece sits on the Ionian Sea? We've talked about the Ionian scale, major scale. In scientific tuning, 256 hertz equals the note C. Speaking of Greece, why is Nashville called the Athens of the South? Maybe it's because it's exactly 256 miles away from Atlanta. Coincidence? Of course. When Plato wrote about ancient Athens and Atlantis, was he referring to current Tennessee and Georgia? I don't know. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> and he goes on. Using the base two binary system, two, two to the eighth power equals 256. In scientific tuning, that is the note C, which puts the note A at 432, a magical number. Is it a coincidence that the 432 multiplied by 432 equals 186,624? And he says, Ollie, what is that number? And Ollie responds to the speed of light. Yes, Michael continued, there, th- that is a coincidence. Here is another. 
432 times 2 equals 864. Ali, please tell us that's the diameter of the sun. 432 divided by 2 is 216. The diameter of the moon is 2,160 miles. Um, 432 times half of 432, 93 million miles, which is the distance from the earth to the sun. So all of these coincidences that he's throwing at them, but there's more. Twice a year on the equinox, the earth receives equal periods of 12 hours of sunlight and 12 hours of darkness, a total of 86,400 seconds. And he slowed down for Victor's benefit, 864, 432. I was proud to have come up with it on my own. Precisely. So they finally realize, or Victor finally realizes, that the reason all of this is happening on this night is because of the solstice. You good? I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I know. I just make sure you're good. I'm good. All right. Just make sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's funny because whoever came up with this whether it was Victor Wooten or whether it was this guy, Michael, that actually talked about this with him. Or the book that Ollie was reading or who right. knows. There's so you much. Know. You know, and they do bring up about the group called the Essenes. The Essenes. The yeah. Essenes, I should say. Which is a Jewish sect or school of philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, I, I totally forgot about that. And now I'm like, now I'm engulfed and I want to read about them. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's a... There's a mathematical method to everything he did. So yep. it's not even stuff that was pulled out of the air. These are mm-hmm. physical, actual numbers that he's using right. to connect. Yep. And that's the crazy part to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's why, you know, when we talked about the whole 432 being so scientific and so important, like that right there is is why. Because of all of those coincidences, you know, the distance of the you know sun to the earth and the earth to the sun and, you know, all those numbers that coincide with things and right. you know, i showed that that video several weeks ago about you know how when you play a, a note inside of 432 the 432 scale how it affects the sand versus the 440 tuning right so it's interesting i mean that's all it is it's funny uh i went piano shopping with a coworker this weekend and um the the guy who rebuilt my piano was actually at the store and i was like you know i really need to get my piano tuned i wonder if he'll tune it to 432 for me <laughs> That's too funny. Would he? I don't know. I, I didn't ask him. That's interesting. I mean, he probably would. I mean, how? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's done now electronically. Yep. He probably he, sleeps. When his ear. when he did it, yeah. When he did mine last, he didn't do it electronically. He he got the A from a tuning fork and then went from there. Yeah. Um. That would be interesting if he if if you do have it tuned to four thirty two. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That actually yeah. would be very cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you feel any? Uh, so they sit on the floor. They do some meditation. Isis does some meditation. Brings in some uh, some aura into the room, and allows everybody to kind of gather into that colorful aura, which brings us to the the solstice and explaining all that stuff. And then um, they all kind of sit back down. And Michael says, the light is not gone. It lives inside you. The colors of the rainbow are sped up versions of vibrations you call music. So the light is with you at all times. It is part of your DNA and always available to you. But remember, to accept the light, you must also accept the dark, which brings in the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And it and goes... The quote that I, this is the quote that I referenced earlier in the episode, in the episode tonight. Oh, go ahead, read it. It says, humans are an interesting species. Whatever you you have, you crave the opposite. If it's cold, you seek the heat. If it's bright, you draw the shades. If you reside in the city, you crave the forest. You see, the farther you are from the opposite, the stronger the pull. There's a great benefit to that. That yearning keeps us moving. Yep, absolutely. And it's true for me because I, I, mean, I mean, here I am sitting here going, I want to live in the forest. I want to live in the forest. And I know if I'm there, I'll be like, well, I want to go back to Kroger to get my food. Like, I don't have to drive two hours to get there. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd want that. I think I'd want to live in the forest and just stay there. <laughs> Figure out how to well, live see, off the land. Th- yeah, that's what I think I want to do. But but if I get there, like I know when I was looking for this house, you know, I was uh, looking at more remote areas, like where it would have been, you know, a 45-minute ride to the grocery store. It's like, that's not fun. 
because I go there every week. I, the only thing I would say that would work for me is I may not eat as much. Right. right. <laughs> you know, but like, like I, I can grow my food all year round. I've got a hydroponic garden growing right now. I got yeah. lettuce and, you know, snap peas growing and I got some other stuff that I'm going to start growing pretty soon. But like, so I can grow food all year round. You could get a chicken from next door. <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> if the hawks don't take it first. <laughs> Uh, so they go on and they talk about uh, how phasers seem to know what's going on that there's an imbalance and they're trying to yep. take advantage of this at the moment and uh, it gets down at the bottom of the page and then they were talking about music was uh, music again and bringing up Victor although we write music flat on the page your vision, which he we talked about earlier, where he saw the treble clef and the and the bass clef come together. Uh, your vision has shown that she is as fluid as the ocean and always in motion. The clefs are spirals. The ledger lines are also spirals. So when you see measures and measures of music notated in five lines and four spaces, imagine them spiraling across the page and tell me what you see. Because in my earlier vision, I recognized it right away. Michael confirmed my thoughts. That's right. You were actually looking at music's DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Notes. Are, oh yeah, it does. It makes absolute sense because notes yep. are the makeup of music. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we're reading them off the page or we're making them up as we go along, there that that's what makes music. And I think even more than that, the way I think about it is, you know, if you think about what what music really is, is a relationship between the musician or the composer in this case and music. And if you think about the way science works, when you, when you make a baby, for example, the DNA is combined. So I think even more than that, it's the combination of music's DNA and the composer's DNA that, that you're seeing, you know, and like I was, so I I started practicing again last night because I just watching Jordan Rudis plays has inspired me to get back into playing again which I started a couple of weeks ago and firmly fell flat on my face. Um, but I started looking at, at some Scott Joplin ragtime pieces, um, some rags. It was, and just thinking about, you know, that as part of his DNA, you know, his, you know, his style. And I watched a video cause you know, I don't know much about ragtime as, as far as a style and how to play it. Um, I found a video online about a guy who's who talks about a lot about ragtimes and you know like what's the right style to play? Do you swing a rag? Do you not? Do you you know how do you play it? And he said, well, it really depends on the the composer and how the player was was brought up. So now you have this whole like it, the DNA is not just the composer and the and music. Now you have the performer in there too that's mixing all this together. So it's you know. Oh, it's more, all yeah. a combination, and 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 it's it's interpretation too. It's yeah. that's what it comes down to. It's mm-hmm. you have a piece in front of you, and I have that same piece in front of me. I may interpret it completely different. Right. I may phrase it differently. I may do this. Mm-hmm. I may take faster, slower, louder, whatever the case may be. Yep. And absolutely, that completely changes the the DNA of it and and yep. how it comes about. But that that it's just like anything else. How we interpret the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. and like, yep. not everybody's going to read a passage and see it differently, which yep. is why it creates such a variety of religions and faiths out there, because mm-hmm. you don't have to look at it one way, mm-hmm. you know, and and then, yes, you do have a group that wants you to look at it the same way. And there's a phases right there. They want you to look right. at everything the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's you look Satan, at interpretation, <laughs> <laughs> if you look at interpretation, um, Victor says this all the time, you know, about like your thumbprint. It's the only thumbprint that has ever existed. Like you're, you're the only one. It'll never happen again. I think interpretation is similar. Like I don't think that we can interpret a piece the same as anyone else because we don't have the same experiences as everyone else. We don't have the same upbringings as everyone exactly. else. I mean, it might be similar, you know, but it's not going to be the same for sure. Well, it's the way we grow up too. It's the way we mm-hmm. end up dressing right. so and the way we look exactly. and how we carry ourselves. Yep. It's mm-hmm. our upbringing, you know. Like yeah. if you're talking to somebody who was brought up 
and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but brought up with money and had the things that they wanted growing up and this and that, and they went into music, they're going to interpret that classical piece completely different mm -hmm. than someone who was poor on the street and was found by somebody to see their talent and they're going to take their experience. It's, yeah, absolutely. Like those are your yeah. two extremes. Those absolutely. Yep. That brings I me back. I remember talking about, um, do you hear what I hear when I was in high school and my choir director said, like, it doesn't matter whether you believe this or not. Like this is the story. And like, the fact that it's been around for two thousand years, like you're 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 telling a story, and the way you tell it is up to you, you know, and it doesn't matter really how you tell it, as long as you're telling it, exactly, you know, and it comes from you, right? So, right, exactly. And speaking about religion, since we kind of just went there, this is a a quote that I I referenced, I think when we first started the book, um, but Victor asked Michael. You've spoken a lot about religion over time. I've never asked, but now I'm really curious. What religion are you? His answer was not surprising. And Michael responded with, am I allowed to choose only one? And Victor says, well, typically, yes. And Michael says, then I'm not interested. Allow me to choose all of them, and I might reconsider. I nodded. He continued with a question of his own. Which style of music is best? I quickly responded, that depends on preference. It's all the same notes. And Michael responded with, exactly. He turned and disappeared into the bedroom. And that's part of what we, you know, why I say genre doesn't exist. Like, it doesn't matter. No, it's true. You know, it, it's, you know. It's all interpretation. Yep. It, it, you could, to and, and that, you could totally take that to religion. Mm -hmm. Like, religion doesn't, your faith will exist. And don't get me, mm -hmm. like, I'm not disagreeing with that. But yep. religion, quote unquote, you could say doesn't exist. Because it's all based right. upon interpretation. I'm not saying religion doesn't. I'm not saying you should change. I'm just saying, like, you could take it to that extreme. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, and but, if you look at like the Christian religions, like, like the big difference between them is is like the interpretation of when, like, sp like specifically communion. Like, if you think of like like communion, it's when when does the bread become Jesus's body? Right. That's the interpretation. Like that's and and each religion has their own interpretation of when that happens. Right. It doesn't make you make any of them wrong or right. It's just interpretation. You know, yeah, uh, I don't know how much you want to share going forward because a lot of it's just them kind of getting together and getting to their points where they need to go. So I don't know what you have. So after no, I, he asked that question to Michael, they talk about what their plan is. They all rested. Mm -hmm. They all meditated based upon what Sifu wanted them to do so they were comfortable and ready to go for the night. Um, they talked about what's going on, how they're going, and the downbeat is at midnight. So they're making sure everybody's ready to go. Yep. They meet up to Uncle Clyde. Uncle Clyde is found where he, where they found them in the first book under the bridge. And he's there with all these Red other... Hot Chili Peppers song. Huh? Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Yep. Uh, he's, there the with, downtown. he's there with all the other people that uh, Victor thought were homeless. And they, they mm -hmm. just had the same lifestyle as Uncle Clyde. And they all kind of separated and went their own ways to get where they needed to go. And Victor was driving. So Victor started driving them up to where they had to go. Seiko was dropped off first. Uh, there was a concern about her being alone. But um, Michael. And I think that, that was that was the last thing I had highlighted. Um, just this quote about it. Um, again, this is another Victor Wooten um, song, A Woman's Strength. But. Um, a woman's strength is different than a man's. You the beat sacred me to gift it. she carries. Huh? <laughs> you, that's exactly where I was headed to. So that's perfect. Oh, read. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Read it. You're good. Okay. A woman's strength is different than a man's. The sacred gifts she carries within can lift the human spirit higher than any man can lift with muscle alone. Women do not only conceive, carry, and deliver life, they can endure emotional and physical pain that would make most men crumble. All people have intuition and instinct, but women actually listen. Because they nurture, they are much closer to their true nature. Do not be fooled by Seiko's petite stature. She is a warrior. There is no need to worry about her. Let's go. I put the dramatic pause in there so you guys can listen to that again. So go back and listen to that again and listen to it again and listen to it again. Especially the males out there. Listen to it again. <laughs> and I'll leave a little bit of that dramatic pause in there. Right, not all of it. Not all of just it. A little just bit of some it. of it. Because <laughs> um, that's so important. Yeah. Because they because not only is that paragraph important, it's important because of the song that you wrote and what the song says, but it's also important because music is a she in this book. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Listen, we talked about this before. We don't care about gender. You, if you feel you are who you are, that's what matters. It doesn't matter to mm-hmm. us. This, we're just talking about the fact that in the book they recognize music as a she. Mm-hmm. Though in his song, I saw God, it's everybody. And that's what I exactly. think is brilliant about it. Yep. it. It always goes back. Uh, God, God always comes back to a, a female voice, but mm-hmm. it encompasses everybody. Exactly. Um, so yes, that's exactly the thing that I was going to read. And then moving forward, they just talk about where they stopped every uh, dropped every boy. So like Seiko was dropped off in the corner with her with her bucket and with her drum, and um, then Ali was dropped off at a park that had these structures, um, apparently representative of the staff held by the hand of Athena. And the way the stones were, Ali was able to sing and go in a circular motion and it kind of vibrated his voice a lot louder and made it go forward. And at the same time, Victor didn't want to leave him alone, but Uncle Clyde's crew part was there to help sing with him. And they didn't know how he got there so quickly, but he got there before everybody else did. And then Victor was off to go to his spot, and Michael said, uh, "Michael's like, all right, I'll see you later." And he's like, "Where are you going? Why am I going alone?" He's, he's like, "I don't have time. I got to go park. I got to do this. I got to do that." And Michael's like, "Just go, just go." And he goes to leave, and Michael kind of like ignores him in a sense. Is like, "Just go, just get out of here." And the last thing that Michael does say is, "He goes, regardless of the, what they do." Love them anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we go on to where Michael goes. And and and, and I want to see your interpretation of this. Michael goes, your parents named you well. My name is Victor. Mm-hmm. Another it's, Victor Wooten song. Yep. Why is that important? Because the victor always wins. Now, here's the other side to us. What is another thing for Victor? Do you know? Another thing for Victor. No. Hold on a second. I'm going to see if I can bring up a proper definition for it. Okay. A victor is, like you said, a person who defeats an enemy or opponent in battle. But a victor is also a priest, I believe. I think you're thinking of vicar. Mm. Hold on. Holding. I think I, I think I spelled it. But still, it's a, isn't it a variation of the word? It could be. So a vicar uh, is, at least in the Lutheran religion, it is, is it? essentially a pastor in training. Right. So They're not fully ordained. So maybe it's a variation of the word victor. Could be. Very possible. Anyway, but yes, uh, 100% is the fact that it's the victor of the battle. So we're going to battle. Into the next chapter, we go into battle. Do you have anything? I think I'm going to play this one little thing. What little thing? This little thing I'm about to play. And then I have a little, I have a joke I got to read. Sorry. No, no, no. I have a joke to read. So I don't know if you want to do it now or after. Do the joke first and then we'll play my Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So this, I sent this to Kyle earlier. I found this on social media on Instagram and we were talking about religion and uh, I brought up Satan. So it's a meme. So you may see this on social media. It says, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. I whispered back. At least I didn't lose my golden fiddle to some hillbilly in Georgia. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Why does that keep popping up? Did you hear that beep? No. Oh, good. So, I, so I've got both my audio routed to one device. I'm not sure if it's the Mac that's beeping or the PC that's beeping. It must be my Mac. So, Which means it's not getting on the recording. Awesome. Um, so last year in September... In fact, on Victor's birthday, September 11th, um, they played a gig at the City Winery. And um, this is how they closed the show. I just thought it was kind of a little bit appropriate for what we were just talking about. Yes. And if you don't mind, I got one last thing I just would like to say to send you all home with. Something that you can share with everybody. You can share with um, 
you know, I'm, I'm serious. It's family, friend. You definitely share with your kids, your loved ones, your spouses, your friends, your teachers, your pastors, uh, your congressmen and women. Okay. And I really do think it's something that uh, um, could, could heal the world. Could, uh, we love you too, and this is you know it's one of those kind of things. And I, I know we kept you a long time, and the, the wait staff probably wants to get home. You make sure you tip your waitresses and bartenders and all those yep, people. Yep. But we can't leave without sending you home with this, if it's okay, if I can say it. Say it I promise to keep it short, but I don't want you to forget it. Okay? It goes like this: My name is Victor. My name is That's how we ended the show. So that's so good. Yeah. I think at that point we should just end our episode. Yeah. Just click the link tree in the link in the in the mm-hmm. show notes. That'll take it everything. You don't need to hear me yeah. say it again. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll li- listen to us next week. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next time. Make sure you're checking us out on Twitch and all that stuff because we are going to start tw- uh, streaming on Wednesday evening soon for at least the month of December, doing some holiday music. And um, after December 1st, after not November de- 1st. <laughs> I said December. I said December. <laughs> So I'm not sure how we're going to pull it off. Maybe we'll do a, 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 I don't know, maybe a week each if we pick our own stuff. I don't know what we'll do. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. out. But yeah. So we'll see you guys all next week and uh, have a good one. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. (laughs) 